Welcome to Negotiating Happiness, the show that helps you find happiness, success, and balance in your work and life. I'm Adriana Fierster, your host for this journey into entrepreneurship and personal growth. We're broadcasting live on 107.7 and 105.3 FM in New Orleans as part of the United Public Radio Network. We explore the latest strategies, insights, and stories from successful entrepreneurs and experts. From managing stress to building a thriving business, we've got you covered. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. This is your host, Adriana, and this is Negotiating Happiness, episode number five. Um, So grab your lunches, grab your coffee, and join me for another um, insightful discussion regarding your business, your happiness, and what we can do to improve. Um, We are broadcasting live on the United Public radio network and UFO paranormal radio network at 105.3 and 107.7 FM in New Orleans. So um, if you can't tune in just now, or you want to tell your family and friends, we do stream live on most popular uh, platforms. um, And we also post everywhere as well for a replay. So today's um, uh, subject is embracing failure because we've we've all been there right we've all been there we've all experienced it whether it's personal or business um we are all too familiar with it um and i wanted to talk about uh believe it or not the benefits of embracing it and what can what that can do for you um in terms of personal development and uh business as well And this is not one of those um, fluffy pieces where we try to think positive about everything. This is a practical view on how we can make this work for us, even though we might be in a a tight spot. So we'll focus on um, small businesses, uh, since this is my realm, my domain. Um, And we'll we'll look at stats from both Canada and the U.S. um, and um, how how you can bounce back from from such um, such situations. Um, we can look at what the studies say in terms of what failure does to oneself. And we'll even dive into a little bit of um, spiritual teachings. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of kind of having a rounded um, view or opinion of, of, of a, a particular uh, subject. And so please feel free. This is just a reminder um, that our comments are live and I'll be happy to engage with you guys. Um, so please post in your questions, your stories or your experiences, and I'll be happy to um, to engage and maybe answer some questions or you know um, broadcast your opinion. Another thing that we'll be looking at is not only how to embrace the failure um, and how to come out on the other side of it, but also, um, you know, how to fix things in business and maybe how to fix things on the uh, personal development side and some techniques to do that. Okay. Um, so just a quick reminder, you can find me on ontarioassistant.com if you have a business or if you have some questions or if you just want to connect and have a virtual coffee, I am happy to do so. I'm happy to meet um, new people, new faces, new businesses. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at assistant.ontario and on Facebook at Ontario Assistant. Okay, so let's let's dive in. Um, I'd like to be super cliche and start off with a with a famous quote um, from Thomas Edison, and it says, "I have not failed. I've just found ten thousand ways that won't work." Um, and I know, again, I am super aware how cliche that sounds, but it is true. It is absolutely true, and it kind of goes hand in hand with the work smarter, not harder, um, you know, situation where. You just have to figure out what works for you and what doesn't. And this is, that is part of failure. Um, And I also would just like to remind everybody that the scientific method is all about, um, you know, failure and um, not always about success. Even failures can teach us um, really big, um, really big things. I'm pretty sure a lot of, uh, from 
correct me if I'm wrong, I think from from my memory that that's how antibiotics were discovered is through a failure of an experiment. So again, it all depends on how you look at things. Okay, so why do I want to talk about the benefits? Because I think that um, it could be beneficial for our businesses in several ways. And one is really obvious, it's learning from mistakes, right? It provides an opportunity for us um, or maybe for the team too, right? That might not be your personal failing in business. It might be your your teams and it happens, you know? Um, it you can, you can then make a note to say, you know, this didn't work. Why didn't it work? And what can we do to make it better? So by analyzing, reflecting on the failures, we are able to identify areas of weakness and make necessary changes to prevent, you know, um, from similar mistakes from happening. So that's one. Two, I, I've talked about this before. It's about resilience building. Um, you know, you have to have this ability to bounce back from setbacks. It is critical for business and experiencing failure can help you do this. And it's the same thing goes from your team. You know, this is where you have the opportunity to be a good leader and say, look, I know this is not ideal, but how can we learn from this and teach them how to look at things from a more um, efficient, efficient perspective. You know, this will help you persevere through the difficult times. And, uh, well, you know, we've, we've had some difficult times lately, especially for small businesses. Um, the other the other benefit would be innovation and creativity. Um, you know, it can it can lead you to think outside the box. Um, it can lead you to develop solutions that maybe have never been implemented before and that is what drives innovation in an industry because if everything worked perfectly all the time we wouldn't need different solutions and we wouldn't um, have the need for maybe professionals to help us get to to those solutions you know new ideas new products new services that's how i somebody else's failing was my idea for my business model and it might sound harsh, but it's the truth, right? Somebody else um, showed me the the gaps that they've had in um, in their business in operations, and that's what made me come up with my um, idea to be and provide that service to small business owners. And the other benefit could be um, testing and refining strategies, right? We can we we can take advantage of this opportunity for our business to refine our strategy or how we go about things, um, and we get to experiment. Regardless if you wanted it to be an experiment or not, it is now that it's failed, so you can cross that off. Um, it ultimately it leads to more effective and efficient processes for the future. It is just a reality of things, uh, and I I I do think that. A lot of business owners have this capacity, and this is common sense, common knowledge, um, to be able to um, to understand all of these different benefits or situations. But I think when you're in it, you know, we a, a lot of us have this mental block of, oh no, you know, what do I do? This is the worst. How do we go about it? Um, you know, we have this mental block of, oh, if only I did this and if only I did that. So these common sense benefits are just here as a reminder um, that could maybe help ease that block um, quicker. Right? Um, so let's let's start off with some some stats because, you know, I love my stats um, of small businesses in Canada. And I'm sure you've heard me talk about this before. But we're just going to do a quick little refresher. Um, there are over 1.2 million small businesses in Canada, which account for 97.9% of all businesses in the country. 97.9%. This is from the government of Canada. Okay. This is wild to me. This is absolutely wild. I mean, I, I believe it, but I don't think people realize how important small businesses are to our economy, to our communities, to our, um, you know, because we... This isn't meant to to come off as criticism, but there have been a lot of decisions that go against small businesses, and it's 
it's wild to me how these decisions can be made um, so lightly, right? So I just want to put it out there. Just think about it. 97.9%. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of lives that are being impacted, right? The most common um, sectors for small businesses in Canada are construction, retail trade, professional services, scientific and technical services. So I'm part of one of those, which is the professional services. Um, I was when I was an employee as well. And I am now too. And um, we sometimes forget. And out of these sectors, which are the most common for small businesses, I can see right off the bat that um, you know, I feel sometimes the construction industry doesn't get the props it deserves sometimes, or even the retail um, industry. And I'm just speaking specifically from, I guess I think of malls when I think of retail, but the retail trade could be many, many things, right? So just keep that in mind when you're talking about business. These, these are some of the most um, overlooked, you know, industries. You could argue. Um, again, that's that's a stat right from the government of Canada. And according to a survey done by a business development bank of Canada, 58% of small business owners have experienced failure with the most common reasons being lack of sales, cash flow problems, and inability to find financing. So it, I guess that's the most painful kind of failure is financial, right? Because we we've all got bills. So let's let's get real. Let's talk about it. I know sometimes people get um, really uh, squeamish when they talk about money, but this is what it is. This is what it takes to run a business. Um, and just to put it out there, there are, you know, the government does offer various funding programs and tax incentives to small businesses. Um, so do reach out, you know, um, I have heard in the past that, you know, they have, um, the funding doesn't go well because they have leftover funding or, um, uh, because there's not enough applicants. So don't be a part of that statistic, you know, do reach out. Don't think you're on your own. Um, uh, try and find something in your area that will help you because, um, there are mechanisms out there to help you with this issue, right? To try and avoid probably one of the biggest failures that you can think of, which is you know, lack of sales and financing and everything to do with money, right? And I mean, we can we 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 could probably draw comparisons with our with our neighbors, right, in the U.S. So, according to the Small Business Administration, there are over thirty million small businesses in the U.S., which account for 99.9%. That's even higher than the Canadian market. You heard right. 99.9% of all businesses in the United States of America are small businesses. And the most common sectors for small businesses in the U.S. are healthcare and social assistance, professional and business services, and retail trade. So again, we could draw comparisons. They're fairly similar. Um, you know, they're very basic um, necessities, you know, retail, healthcare, social assistance, and professional business services. So again, we, we have to keep in mind when, um, <laughs> I guess this is a, please don't forget to vote, your, your voting reminder. Keep that in mind when you're, when you're doing your votes, because if you don't own a small business, I'm sure you know somebody that does, your friend, your, your partner, your family, your, you know, distant relative, good friends. They all, there is no way that you don't know somebody that owns a small business with the, with a percentage like that. 99.9% .9 of all businesses in the United States of America are small business, small businesses, not giant corporations. <laughs> there was a study done by the Bureau of Labor Statistics that about 20% of small businesses fail in their first year, while about 50% fail in their fifth year, right? That's one out of two businesses will stop existing by the time they get to their fifth year. How can you not be one of those businesses? Well, you got to embrace the failures that you can. You got to embrace them. You got to revamp 
you got to learn, you got to move forward, and you have to not let that mental block get the best of you. And in the U.S. as well, the government does offer various support programs. Um, there are loan programs and uh, the Paycheck Protection Program, which I, I don't know anything about, but I'm sure if you reach out to the Small Business Administration, they will have more information there for you as well. Um, I just, and I know statistics aren't the most exciting thing, but it helps us um, form our bigger life picture, right? Knowing about who you're in business with or who your audience is or how many people are in your shoes um, will help you make better business decisions. If you don't think that, you're going to struggle. You're going to struggle hard with, with these kinds of things. You have to know what you're dealing with in order to make better decisions. Okay. And, you know, I do think that some of the statistics on what businesses experience failure are probably inaccurate because you can look it up, you know, on other sources and they have different statistics because I fully believe that we all experience failure um, constantly. I don't think it's a, I'm on the path to success. Therefore, I don't experience it. I don't think that's the case, even though, you know, your business might be successful overall. There are failures. You have Everybody has weaknesses, right? And I'll give you an example. The National Federation of Independent Business had a statistic that said that um, when they did their survey, 70% of small businesses have experienced failure at some point in their careers, right? That's a more overall overarching um, statistic. But I believe it. I believe it. And interestingly, um, this is probably what I want everybody to remember out of this entire thing is that this this particular this particular study done by Harvard Business School they found that entrepreneurs who previously experienced failure were more likely to succeed in their next venture why because people learned from their failures this is exactly what i need you to to focus on when you're in a tough spot that's because the universe is it's it's a sign to say it's time for a change right and the fear of failure is one of the biggest barriers to entrepreneurship with many aspiring entrepreneurs hesitant to take the risks and i have this conversation with um a lot of my entrepreneur friends um where we we talk about how other people don't understand the risks that we're taking. They don't understand the decisions that we make uh, because, you know, we joke about, oh, it's just like entrepreneur life. And it, it's, we always come to the same conclusion that we should have done this um, sooner than what we did. But it's exactly that, the fear of failure that kept us back. And it's exactly that, the fear of failure that keeps a lot of our friends and family back from opening their own business and running you know, or, or maybe chasing after a dream that they have. So it is, it is imperative that everybody understands how to deal with this fear that they may have. Again, I'm not talking about anything groundbreaking here. This is all common sense. But sometimes as entrepreneurs, we need to be reminded of very basic um, concepts, because we run at such a high level sometimes and we're so good at in whatever you know um industry or field that you're in that sometimes your brain skips a couple steps and forgets about these little things it is important to remind yourself how your brain works and what you can do to manage it to make better decisions so while all of this is great to hear about what could we do in our own business? Like, what is it that brings us to the point where we say, okay, enough with the pity party or enough with the, you know, all of the feelings, which you should feel. Um, what do I do now? Like, where do I go from here? So um, there are a couple of things uh, and I try to make it a little bit more uh, general so that a lot of businesses or entrepreneurs can relate to it. So obviously, uh, first things first, um, if you if something fails, 
you need to conduct a quote unquote postmortem analysis, right? You have to. Um, you have to analyze feedback. You have to look at your sales data. You have to um, evaluate the effectiveness of your marketing and advertising efforts. And I know a lot of people who put a whole bunch of money into marketing and advertising. And uh, while that's great that you have the capacity to do that, it's not always used in the most efficient way. Um, and that's why you're not getting the results that you want to. And we're lucky because we have the tools um, that we didn't have 50 years ago. So imagine being a, imagine being a, um, an entrepreneur 50 years ago where you needed multiple people to run this venture that you're in in order to even keep track of sales or fulfilling sales. When now we have CRMs, we have stats, our social media channels have um, insight dashboards where you get to see all these statistics. Nobody has to calculate these statistics by hand. So we need to take advantage of this because I know they come easy to us and they're free and they're part of our day-to-day -day lives. But I find that a lot of us don't even pay attention. You know, they, we don't even, we send out newsletters, we send out, you know, um, emails, we don't link track, we don't, um, we don't analyze our open rates or our, um, you know, uh, click rates. There's no tracking of any kind, even though all you have to do is make the conscious effort to go on and it will tell you exactly what worked, what didn't work. You have to figure out the why yourself because that's why you're the expert in your field, but you have to use the data that you have. And so that's a, that's right off the bat. You have to conduct a postmortem analysis. Like what went wrong? Why, you know, use the tools that you have. Um, at this point, you know, after something has failed, so let's say it was a failed launch or uh, a, a service or a product that did okay, just not the best. That depends. Do you consider that a failure? If you do, um, I would suggest that, you know, refine it and relaunch it. Because if it is a good service, if it, if you if you do see the demand for it, it just means, you know, we missed something. There's something that we didn't address that we could do it. So it has potential, but maybe it was the execution that was wrong. So this can involve things like, uh, uh, you know, going back to your customer feedback. And the other thing too, do you have customer feedback? That's a huge thing. If you don't, go out of your way to get it, right? offer the product for free, get it out there, um, you know, work with them, send them reminders and get that feedback, you know, and that's, um, that's, I, I'll touch on it later on too, but that's part of the problem too, is you don't have that feedback before you launch. And a lot of the times that can prevent a lot of these, um, these um, problems that we're having. So, it is best practice to get customer feedback before you go live with something. That's why you, you see a lot of um, coaches and a lot of online business entrepreneurs that will, you know, preach about um, do pre-sales as well. It gives you a little bit more information on what you're looking at and you can do some last minute um, adjusting or adjustments of, of your execution. In some cases, um, maybe the service or the product wasn't at, maybe didn't have the potential that you thought it did. And then you, you know, you check your demand, you've seen what your sales look like or what your continuing demand looks like. And you say, I have to pivot or I have to diversify, right? Um, which which could involve exploring a whole new line of products, um, you know, and expanding into different markets. but maybe your market was heavily based on current events, right? We know things change. So you have to, you have to change with it. But um, to, to kind of go from that, I, a lot of the times I don't find that people need to pivot or diversify if they've had a failure in some sort of service, uh, but they need to, um, to focus more. 
or have niche marketing. And at the beginning, when I started this, I hated that. I hated having people tell me that I need to specialize in something because there are instances where I agree with it and instances where I don't. But it's really hard to to compete with some of the bigger um, businesses that are already maybe running the same business model that you are in the same industry. So instead of that, instead of competing with an unfair, you know, amount of resources that you don't have, um, you could focus on identifying and targeting a niche market that's basically underserved or overlooked by the larger competitors, right? So learn where their weaknesses are. So I don't necessarily think that you should diversify or pivot right away from a failure. Um, I think that you should look at what can you focus on, right? Unless it's a complete disaster and it it just was never a good potential service or product. But I, I really do think that niche marketing um, would help with the situation um, where you can identify those weaknesses in the bigger, bigger businesses that are um, overlooking. The other thing that we could do, which this is kind of, um, heavily um, <laughs> marketing uh, based is um, you can you you would focus on customer feedback. So this is the idea that maybe not after or maybe before, right? You would focus on what was their experience with the business, with the process, with the system. Um, was it hard for them to to even purchase it? That's another thing that I that people forget all the time the easier you make it for somebody to purchase something the better success you're going to have if it takes me four screens to get to the pay now button and I'm pretty savvy I get annoyed one <laughs> to be perfectly honest two um what about the people that are not savvy right are you losing them in between those four screens? Make things easier. People will buy from you if you make things easier for them. And not necessarily um, easier with, I don't know, um, you know, showing your willingness to be flexible. I'm talking <clears throat> purely from the tech side of it. You know, we have the capacity these days for anybody to have an online store, an online website, make it easy for your customers to find you and to buy things from you just basic. It's very, very basic. And I work with a lot of small businesses that are still working on that to get themselves up and running, right? Because this is a new age. And I'm, I'm talking about the, the business owners that I've been around for, I don't know, maybe they've been around for 20, 30 years, and they're really great at what they do. They just need to adapt to the new, this new form of, um, you know, our digital world. But so just to go back, the customer feedback is really, really important. So I would say have give out your product for free in exchange for reviews. Don't just give it out. Actually make it a process where you say, I'm creating you, you know, a code where you can go through my checkout. <coughs> Excuse me. We can go through my checkout. Um, in exchange for like, actually, you know, say that to them, have it be very obvious. This is an exchange for product for a review that I can analyze and use for future, you know, and the other thing that kind of plays right into it. Um, another marketing strategy would be leveraging your social media because they're a powerful tool. Nobody can deny that whether you like them in your personal life or not. That's a whole other issue. But for your business, they are a powerful tool that you need to learn how to use. And again, they're also always changing. So while you have been successful for the past five years, the algorithm has changed once again. And you have to learn how to do it again because now your, your stats are awful, let's say. You know, it's just an example. You have to learn how to use it. And you can, um, you know, you can learn how to post better. You can post engaging content rather than just um, content that is, uh, you know, mimicking viral content or, uh, you know, you have to, you have to find what you, what works for you. So it, I'm not talking about 
you know, getting your social media to resemble that of an influencer social media. That's not what works for everybody. You know, I have, I think like 500 followers on Instagram and my last four leads have all come from Instagram, which is wild to me because before that it was strictly through my website. So again, I'm noticing these changes. I'm not talking about, you know, spending 24 hours on socials. I'm just talking about learn how to use it, check out your insights and talk to your potential customers or talk to the people that are listening to you because they might know somebody who, you know, who will be your, your customer. I can't tell you how many times I've uh, discovered small businesses as a, as a mom with a little one from my um, friends saying, Oh, you know what? I have to show you this. I think you'd really like this. And it's all coming from Instagram or Facebook, you know, so it does work and it still kind of goes off of word of mouth. It's just easier to find you these days with social media. Um, so respond to those comments, you know, um, offer, offer promotions. Um, you know, you can rebuild your online presence after you've, you've already been out there and maybe haven't done it to the best of your ability. You can do it. It is possible. The other one that uh, people seem to love in the online world is you can uh, collaborate with other uh, businesses that are complementary to your business or what you're offering. Um, so that would be maybe that particular business can help you expand your business's reach and appeal to new customers, right? Like a bakery partnering with a coffee shop to offer a joint promotion or cross promote each other's products or um, or maybe, um, what's another good one? Like photographers with makeup artists or, um, you know, uh, mortgage agents with real estate agents um, or <sighs> there's just so many. <laughs> I'm drawing a blank here. That's probably a sign. Yes, it is a sign that I need to be doing um uh an intro a station intro so we're halfway through our show today so if you're just tuning in um you're listening to negotiating happiness with your host adriana that's me um we're live on the united public radio network and ufo paranormal radio network at 105.3 and 107.7 fm in new orleans and we're currently streaming you know youtube facebook um twitch all all uh, popular platforms you'll find us on some of our shows are on roku tv as well um if you prefer that and uh if you don't get a chance to tune in live that's okay we will have it posted on the network channels and also on my personal channels as well i'm still working on getting some of them up to date with all the episodes but uh nevertheless i am working on it <laughs> so again grab your coffee grab your lunch and Let's uh, let's continue on here. So we were at the point where we were talking about how we can embrace failure and what we can do with our failures and how we can make things better and learn from it. And we we spoke about why it's important. And now we're just on the practical application side of it of how can we apply this to our business. Um, I've gone on a couple of different uh, solutions. I think my last solution here would be to offer incentive for referrals. And it's not always one that people are super excited about, but word of mouth marketing is still probably one of the most effective ways to do this. And you can use your online presence um, to increase that. Right. And I'm not just saying uh, give it away for free or have discounts, but you can encourage existing customers to spread the word and attract new customers. Um, what does it take for you to throw in another product or another service? Just a little bit of like kind of a thank you to your loyal customer base if they are going to bring on more potentially loyal customers, right? So I know we talk we talked a lot about the business side of it, but what do we do with our with our personal side, right? Again, you are a smart individual. You're running a business. Your brain is probably going, you know, a thousand kilometers or miles an hour um what do you do when you have that mental block um you know how do you deal with oh no i'm i've failed at something how do i come out of this yes you will 
be able to think of all of these things, right? Because these are all common sense things. I trust that a lot of people know about this, but I'm just here to remind people of all of these different tactics and strategies. So what do you, what do you do when, when you're, you know, you're only human. So I wanted to dive in a little bit into like the spiritual side of things, because a lot of people are spiritual or religious. I'm more spiritual than religious, I think. And I, I think if I had unlimited resources, I would be an academic forever, but not, <laughs> not in the real world. So I do like learning about other cultures and religions and whatnot. Um, but I think I like to pick and choose what, <laughs> what I want to learn about, which might not be the, the healthiest thing. Um, but I do want to dive into for those people that can resonate with some of these concepts. I think a lot of them are very philosophically interesting to discuss. So that's why I'm even mentioning it. Um, we've got the, the concept of embracing impermanence, which is something that I, I can relate to. I keep saying all the time, you know, change is constant nothing is to, uh, you know forever nothing is permanent and this is what that is it's embracing permanence it's a one it's a core teaching in buddhism and it's the concept of impermanence which emphasizes the constant change and transience of all things and this obviously includes failure it is a temporary state right you just need to look your mental block in the eye and say failure is a temporary state and it will eventually pass, right? So by embracing impermanence, you can learn to let go of attachment to success or to failure, depending on which way you go. And instead, you can focus on the present moment and the actions that you can take to improve your situation. Um, and this can be applied um, through our business by recognizing that, you know, mistakes can be opportunities for growth and learning. So accept it and move on. It's like when we talked about mindset, right? How to be in a positive mindset. Yep, sometimes things are super overwhelming. So you're going to accept it. It happened. Embrace it that it's not going to be a permanent thing and move on. So that's that's one cool thing about Buddhism is embracing impermanence. Um, another one that we can... Uh, touch on is cultivating resilience which has been a continuous theme in our discussions you know um and i think many many spiritual teachings touch upon resilience and that's the ability to bounce back from setbacks excuse me in adversity um the i, I had to look this up because i wasn't quite 100 percent sure what it is so i'm learning with you guys um stoicism which is a spiritual teaching, I guess, um, teaches that we should focus on what we can control, right? Our own thoughts and actions, not not anybody else's, right? Our own thoughts and actions. So remember that. You cannot control external circumstances. And we should prepare ourselves mentally and emotionally for challenges. You know they're coming. So it's a fact of life. You know, the, and it can be applied to our businesses by recognizing that setbacks are inevitable. So how do you prepare, right? And a really good um, way is to make sure that you've got a strong base built before you decide to scale, before you decide to bring on new people, before that. So that means, are your operations foolproof? Do you have systems in place? Do you have standard operating procedures? Is everybody getting the same level of customer service from you? And are you treating... Um, everybody the same right so are those things done are you you know that there's going to be a problem coming so as long as you focus on the base of your business first before you do the big things I think you'll be more likely to um, avoid some of the failure or, or you know have maybe little failings here and there rather than catastrophic ones so yeah, apparently sto stoicism teaches that. So I had to I had to actually look up what this is because um, um, again I'm learning. <laughs> it's a philosophical school of thought, and it originated in ancient Greece, and it was later developed and popularized by Roman philosophers such as Seneca, or Marcus Aurelius, or Epictetus. I don't think I'm saying that right. Epictetus. There we go. And the Stoics believed in living in accordance with reason and virtue. And viewed external circumstances as largely outside of our control. Right? So focus on what you can control. And that will help you develop. 
self-control, rationality, emotional resilience. And you can find your inner peace and live a fulfilling life, even in the face of adversity, because you know it's coming, you're prepared, you know what to do. So I guess that's a very, very ancient technique that has been, you know, um, developed into common sense. It's common sense. I just think we need to remember that the people before us have done this so many times and we just need to remember we depend, you know, depends on what your approach, what's the best approach that works for you. Not everything works for everybody. Not everybody is super rational all the time. Right. Um, another, um, another, I guess, fun, fun for me, not for everybody, fun portion of stoicism is called apatheia, which is often misunderstood as the meaning of apathy uh, or lack of emotion, but it actually refers to a state of tranquility or inner calm. And it comes to being able to accept external events with equanimity or without being swayed by extreme emotions such as anger or despair. That is such a hard thing to do. And I feel like this is goals for everybody. You know, um, it, it, it's you have to have approach everything from a sense of calm. Um, it's tax season here in Canada. And I think everybody's stressing about taxes, including me. I didn't receive the best news of my taxes. I'm not going to lie to you, but I couldn't help but just be like, okay, I I guess we'll deal with it. And I've had people react to those kinds of news in a very, you know, um, not so calm way. And I'm not saying it's wrong because it's not, you got to feel your feelings. Um, I just think that if you don't, you're going to kind of fall in that trap of, okay, like I'm throwing myself a pity party. What, when is this pity party going to end? Oh no, poor me. I'm still in my pity party. And then the cycle continues. Right. So I think that it's a really great way to look at it. That's why we went into this whole <laughs> lecture about stoicism, I guess. Um, and it's true. It's a really great concept. It's influenced many areas of modern thought, including psychology. You know, you hear it in self-help books or leadership books. Um, and as an entrepreneur, this is really, really key to developing resilience and, you know, focus on what you can control and maintain the sense of, 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 you know, it's inevitable. So let's prepare for these setbacks, you know, be proactive, not reactive to things. So that's, that's probably one of my favorite, um, my favorite uh, way of thinking about it so far. Um, and I'll give you another one. It's, uh, you know, finding meaning in failure is a, a big one in the Hindu tradition uh, because the concept of karma, which everybody knows, it emphasizes that our actions have consequences and they shape our future. Um, this is probably one of my favorites too because I've always had this idea in my head since I was a child, you know, karma. Not, not necessarily with those words, but the concept. So by reflecting on our failures and learning from them, we can develop greater self-awareness and work towards a more positive future. Right. And in business, this could mean you're looking for lessons and opportunities for growth that come from them and use them to improve future performance, which we've talked about. Right. Like it's it's crazy to me that once you put all of this together, there's just everything connects. If you think that they don't connect, they connect indirectly. I promise you everything connects, even in business and your personal life, everything connects and everything affects everything else. <laughs> which is super overwhelming to think about. But this concept of karma is, uh, is you can also look at it as like the universe is telling you that there needs to be balance, right? We talk about balance, balance with work, balance with happiness, balance in karma, balance in success and failure. It's the same. It is the same concept, you know? And another one that, uh, that I thought was pretty cool was surrendering to a higher power. Um, this isn't, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, re I, I relate to it, but I don't relate fully to it. I feel like this is uh, more of a religious teaching, but if you look at it from the spiritual side, you can see it as well. So, um, you know, surrendering to a higher power, is that, does that, for you, does that mean God? 
or does that mean the universe? I always joke about, you know, oh my gosh, don't put that out there in the universe. But this is this is the part that I think I would relate to, surrendering to a higher power. The higher power is the universe, the the, the totality of, you know, um, of everything around us and how there has to be balance. So that's why there's continuous change because there cannot be just, um, you know, just good or just bad. Um, and by you letting go and just understanding that, you know, it's not going to be forever or I will get some good with the bad or some bad with the good, you can find inner peace and acceptance that, yes, failure is a part of life. So that's why I might as well just look at it from the point of what can I learn from it to make it better, right? Because you can't control everything. And it's funny how all of these different um, spiritual um, you know, concepts, you can literally relate one to the other, even though we've just talked about everywhere from Buddhism to Hinduism, to Stoicism, um, to uh, religion and the universe in general, right? And you can link it back to your business, which is a very rational and physically present concept. So here we go again, you know, everything is connected, all of this has been, like you know, all of our ancestors, generations before us have gone through all this too. The only difference is we're still learning now because we have different tools available to us. So that's why I'm here to try and push some of those tools out to be like, make your life easier. But here also listen to these concepts that have been around for longer than I can think of, you know. So... What let's see here. We're we're nearing the end here. Um, so if I have one last thought is about um, how to how to um, you know how do I get something out of this personally as well? Because again, we're we're all if you're an entrepreneur, you're very likely to be a smart person. Um, you're, you're likely to think on your feet. You're likely to already know these, to have common sense and to have really great ideas that have allowed you to, to put in practice this, um, you know, uh, business model or this business that you're trying to create, or maybe you're on the verge of creating something. So have faith in that, have faith that the, the information is already there. This is not groundbreaking information I'm giving you. I'm just pulling it out for you to be able to, um, to remember it maybe in difficult times or, um, you know, I'm, I'm a full believer that we, we get things when we need them. So this also goes back to some of the other spiritual teachings of, um, I believe it was Buddhism, but don't quote me. I'm not sure it was, you know, uh, a teacher will appear when the student is ready. So it's the same thing, you know, you will find things that you need at the time that you need them. If you think that you needed them before, you were probably not ready. So that that helps me let go of things a little bit, even though I'm very much type A personality and I want to control things around me. Um, it does help me think about, you know, especially in, in the times where you're just tired and it's like one thing after the other. It helps me think about, okay, well, it wasn't meant to be. It will meant to be at some point, to at some other point but not right now. Excuse me. It seems the weather is wreaking havoc with, with everything relating to anywhere from allergies to being stuffed up <laughs> and not really sure if we're going to be in summer or not. <laughs> it is, it is raining and it's gray out here. So I'm, my throat is all not letting me do my job. <laughs> okay, so one one last thing that I wanted to um, to talk about is something that I, it's kind of a promise to myself, I'm putting it out here to you guys in the universe that I'm going to start doing this. Um, I was recently um, uh, editing a, or reviewing or scheduling a blog of one of my clients and um, she talks about her journaling practice and 
I say client, but I consider her a friend. And um, I'm really excited because I'm going to bring her on the show for you guys. She is probably one of the smartest people that I've ever met. And she has a very successful business. And she's right now, she's at home with a baby. So yes, you can do it all. And she is another example of, of what the human potential is. But anyway, to pull it back. So she talked about her her journaling practices. And if you want to learn lots about the online business world and how to do it and how disciplined she is with and what tools she uses, you can go on itsjillwise.com and go click on her blog. She's got some really awesome blogs in there. Um, and I wanted to introduce everybody else to journaling. I mean, we all know that when we were kids, maybe we had journals and we would write all kinds of crazy things in there. But I did not realize that scientifically that is one of the easiest ways that you can decrease uh, anxiety and, and stress. And I'm learning this as a 30-something-year-old instead of when I was a kid. I had a couple journals, but it was never after a certain age. It didn't seem like it was very beneficial to me. And I was very, very wrong. So that's why I wanted to talk about this, this is probably the best. Uh, uh, you know, development technique for your own personal happiness uh, to talk about when you talk about embracing failures, because journaling can um, get those feelings out there and they can help reduce uh, the stress of it. So what is journaling? It's a technique that involves regularly writing down your thoughts, your feelings, your experiences in a journal or notebook. Um, And it can be used as a personal development tool to help individuals gain self-awareness, process their emotions, and identify patterns in their behavior and thinking. This will help with self-awareness 100%, right? It's right in front of you. You just have to read it and then you you figure it out. You know, you have to be aware that you have to kind of do a comparison, see where you started, where you're at now. It's... Um, it, it won't be effective if you're not, you know, using it for that particular, um, you know, um, technique or comparison, right? So remember, yes, you write it down and you keep consistent, but you also have to go back and see, okay, am I progressing? Am I doing this right? Am I doing this wrong? Nobody can really help you with that unless you have some sort of writing coach or maybe therapy, right? The, your therapist could help with journaling. I, I think that that's one of the uh, methods where that gets recommended regularly um, in therapy. You know, you can you can gain some really valuable insight into your own beliefs, your values, your goals, and you can explore your emotions in a safe and private space. So it's it's really really beneficial. And if you think that you don't need to gain insight into your own thoughts, you're wrong because we um, the brain is so complicated, right? We we know so many more things than what we realize, right? You know, you're, is it subconscious that you know things? Maybe, right? So this is why you, we need to keep practicing and exercising our brain in order to, to, to boost that power that we have. We have such great power in our brain. We just, I don't think as a species, human species, we know how to, how to use it. And like I said, it can help reduce stress and anxiety. It can improve memory and cognitive function. It can boost creativity. Um, it for me, it always felt like you're. I don't. I no longer need to keep it in my brain because it's down on paper, right? So I feel like it almost makes way for new thoughts. So I definitely believe the boost creativity aspect of it, you know, and the way you can start to do it is you set aside regular time to write in this journal and whether it's daily, weekly, or as needed basis, I think that's up to you. I think that's something that you need to, to work on um, to see what works best. And you can write about anything without judgment or, you know, concern for, does it make sense? Is it choppy writing? Is it grammatical? Whatever it is, this is not what the purpose of the journaling is. It's not for you to become a better writer. It is for you to unload and become more self-aware. I think it's also a way to repeat all of these plans that you make. I don't know about you guys, but I'm super busy all the time. And 
it's my fault because I take on way, way too much than what I can possibly do. So <laughs> not complaining. I'm just being realistic here. It is my fault, but I'm so busy that I have all these great ideas and I feel like if I don't write them down right away, they're gone. So that's, that's another way that I think I'm going to use journaling. Um, and it's a way for me to unload and have a moment to think about what I've just done or what I'm going to do before either blurting it out or doing it or not thinking about it and just doing it in a rush, right? And it's also to cement a practice or habit. I think that could be very helpful. So usually you start with prompts and that's what uh, Jill was talking about in her, uh, in her um, upcoming blog was about um, having these prompts that can help you um, narrow down, you know, finding the solution to your problem or whatever it is. So you can have really general ones like what am I grateful for today? And what challenges did I face today? How did I overcome them? What are my goals for next month, year, five years? But it can also track your progress with your professional goals, or maybe it's weight loss, or maybe it's uh, career development, or maybe it's maybe it's to do with your relationship. Maybe you want just want to become better communicator with your partner. I feel like this is one great thing to um, to practice. And in the context of business development, I think again it can be very um, effective at reflecting on your own experience or brainstorming new ideas or tracking progress towards your goals. So if you are experiencing failure and you want to make sure you avoid it, you can come up with the prompt that will allow you to not forget this particular lesson that you're learning or how to avoid it in the future or how you're going to fix it because maybe the solution is not as simple as it is. Maybe it's a, you know, a hundred step solution. So journaling can definitely be helpful. Um, I have a few prompts here that I don't know if anybody would find them helpful, but I'm going to share a couple with you. Um, and remember, the topic's failure. So keep that in mind. So one of them that I like was, what did I do well? So while this is, could be a negative experience, what did I do well? And what could I have done differently? Not better, just different. Is there another way to get to this same outcome or, or a different outcome, right? Um, Another one that I like is how can I reframe my thinking about failure? This is a very obvious one, right? How can I make sure that next time I don't get hit as hard with the shock of failure? Um, another prompt for journaling that you could use would be what are my values and goals and how do they relate to this particular experience of failure? So are you on the right path? Uh, is this something that had to happen in order for you to stick to your values? Then maybe it's it's not, you know, maybe it's not per se failure. It's the fact that maybe you didn't sell yourself out by doing something you'd be super uncomfortable with. You just didn't have the results that um, that you would have had if you did something that was wrong, maybe. Right? It's all about reframing that mindset. Or... What strategies can I use to overcome feelings of self-doubt and regain confidence in myself and my abilities, right? If you are not your biggest cheerleader, who is? Nobody knows you like you do, right? Maybe your partner is, maybe your mom is, your dad, your, your sister, your brother. Maybe they're your biggest cheerleaders per se, but you are the one that can control how you feel about this. You cannot control how your family feels about this or how your family or your friends feel about this. You can control how you feel about this. So what strategies can I use to overcome the feeling of failure? I think that's a really good one. So we're at the end of our show here. I just wanted to, um, to recap <laughs> is when you fail. So if you're just going to remember one thing, just one thing. When you fail, it is the universe's way of saying it's time to change to keep balance in this ecosystem. Okay? Use that. It's time for a change. Okay? So 
huge shout out to um, everybody that supports me and that has gone along with my failures. Um, and thank you. If you have any questions, you can reach me through ontarioassistant.com or on Instagram, assistant.ontario. And thank you all for tuning into the show again today. Um, and thank you to everyone that has expressed interest in coming on the show. Uh, next week, we're going to have Jill come on. And she is a uh, successful business owner, a mom, and a friend. And uh, I can't wait to have her on. And a big thank you to the United Public Radio Network and UFO Paranormal Radio Network. And we will see you next week. Thanks so much, everybody.